I'm Claire. And I'm Liz. And this is The Balancing Act, a podcast where we talk about law, life, and everything in between. So, Liz, I know what our listeners are dying to hear, and that's what have been some changes to the law recently because of all the COVID-19 changes or restrictions. How is that how is that changing things for for lawyers and attorneys? Well, first of all, it's like lots of things have changed and yet a lot of things haven't changed. And by that I mean yeah. we're still kind of as attorneys expected to keep I think I don't know if this is a great way to say it, but kind of keep pushing the cases through the system. But the system isn't quite in place in the same way. And so for example, I think it was the schools had been canceled, but they hadn't put the stay-at-home order in place yet. And I know I had had like a a bankruptcy meeting of creditors scheduled for that week. And it, I think it was, you know, I was kind of nervous about it. I was like, uh-oh, I'm going to, you know, like, is this still going on? Am I going to go out? Is my client going to have to go out to this? And then it ended up being at that time just like temporarily continued or canceled. And we, and that was like, I think it was scheduled for, let's say March 16th or something. And it's just been rescheduled till to mid-May and it's going to be um, held in that case as a teleconference. And then mm-hmm. in some of my family law cases, if there are cases that you know, are needing like, we'll say mediation or early neutral evaluation. One option is to do those by some sort of video conferencing method, which right now it seems like most of the attorneys who are providing those services are using Zoom. And I can only assume they're doing it in a secure way. And, you know, I don't know that because I know there's Zoom security issues, but I would assume that the people who are facilitating these things are appropriately doing it. And I did attend a ADR, Alternative Dispute Resolution, that was done by Zoom on um, earlier this week. And then, of course, there has, you know, there's been lots of hearings that are basically pushed off and you know, they're, they give you a new date and you don't really know if that date's going to happen either. And so I think that is kind of tricky because I feel like, you know, for some parties that's fine, but for some parties, I, you know, especially like, let's just say in a family law case, if there's already a party who might not be working or operating in good faith, this gives them even more room, more wiggle room to kind of, you know, they're not so worried about having to go to court in front of a judge anytime soon, basically. How about for you, Claire? What, yeah. what have you noticed? Well, I've noticed, first of all, with family law cases, it's not super 100% clear which ones are considered like emergency that will happen right away and which ones will have things kind of pushed back, especially like with new cases, not so much with like ongoing cases that have already been filed, but with new cases, it's a little unclear with cases that need a hearing as to how, when it might Mm -hmm. happen. And I know 
you know, when people are calling, it's kind of like, well, I'm giving you my best guess, but I could be completely wrong as to when this might happen. And I think once we get like the courts open again, just kind of guessing as to what that backlog is going to look like and how long that's going to take will also be a guessing game. Like how quickly, and I'm sure some counties will be more efficient and like have a better plan than other counties with how to how to handle that backlog of cases because you have all the ones that have been waiting plus all the ones that will Mm -hmm. happen but for me you know most of instead of meeting in person I've been doing virtual meetings so either like over the phone or I've been Mm -hmm. using google meet I think it's a little more secure than zoom but especially when you're just meeting with like one or two people zoom might be better for the adr when you have like multiple people calling in but it's a unique situation i did my first um socially distant will signing the uh earlier this week and that was a unique factor with everyone wow. standing on their different porches and me like in the middle so that everyone could view it. And we were like <laughs> outside. A- wow. Um, as opposed to like uh, in like a conference room and um, just like had like the papers on a clipboard. But it was, I mean, everything went well. I think, you know. People were happy with the end result, but it was just a little like, you know, I'm used to, I'm used to doing a will signing one way. And this was definitely not the way that I usually do a will signing. Yeah. That's a reasonable way of putting it. (laughs) So, but you know, I think this is just, you know, forcing attorneys to be more creative into how they approach things. And I think some things like, Maybe offering more telephone conferencing with the courts could be something that For would sure. be beneficial to everyone rather than, um, you know, even going forward in the future. That could be that could be something that could save everyone time and money um, if you're not, you know, having to travel into court, especially with courts that have yes. the, the block calendaring or the block scheduling. So everyone's a, at one time. That could definitely make things more efficient in the future. But I've also noticed that continuing education requirements that are required um, for attorneys who have to report this year, they can now do an unlimited number of on-demand CLEs, which is helpful because there's no in-person ones being offered. So (laughs) It would be pretty hard to do those in-person, wouldn't they? (laughs) (laughs) don't know how they would do that otherwise but i do appreciate that that they recognized oh maybe we should lift this restriction of having only 15 credits be on demand yeah i hope they like i hope they keep that one because honestly to me that would be very helpful in my general practice if they didn't have that restriction you know like if that continued onward. I've also noticed that if if the CLE is offered in person, but you choose on demand, it's still considered an in-person CLE. Like, 
when you're reporting that. That's and good so, to know. like, I don't know. There's always a loophole, isn't there, in the world of the law? <laughs> right. I just, it seems that there's a lot of lawyers who are being pushed into the 21st century. And yes. this might be the push that some lawyers needed to make this make this adjustment happen. And hopefully that brings us all into the 21st century now, um, as opposed to a lot of people not. Yes. And, you know, one thing that is nice, you know, right now about the situation of, you know, most people working from home is before I would work from home one or two days a week where I would do kind of like a light schedule at home, just kind of emails and phone calls for the most part. And I would always have to warn people when I was going to get on a phone call, I would tell the person I was talking with, just so you know, I'm working from home. So if you hear a dog bark or some other noise, that's why, you know, I'm in a setting within my house where this is still a private call. Well, now I'm not as worried about the dog barking and someone being like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with this lawyer? They're so unprofessional <laughs> um, because there's we're already operating under the assumption that people are working from home. One other thing that's been interesting, and I remember I sent you a text message when this happened. For one of my cases, I was just hoping to get a court date, like a motion hearing date on the calendar for like June or July, just um, to keep the case moving. And I called the court administration to ask for a court date in June or July. And they just said, no, call back in a month. We're not scheduling any court dates right now. And I was like, I, I would understand that we're not, you know, scheduling soon. But I was, you know, I was like, oh, I didn't know I was, you know, I should have known. To June and not. July were too close. Yeah. And I think that one thing that it has been confusing is the courts are putting out, you know, these orders saying, you know, this is how we're operating under COVID-19. But I have a law degree and I still don't always understand exactly what is, you know, what right. is actually happening and what isn't. And, you know, that's that's fine because if you don't know if you're if you have something on the calendar and you're not sure if it's going to happen or not, just call the court and ask them: Is this something that's still going to go on? Is it going to be held by telephone, or are you guys going to push it out? And so far, people have been more than willing to answer that question, which is good. Yeah i I think that I think that some of the court directions have been as clear as mud as to yes. what what's happening or what's not happening. And it also seems like there's a little bit of difference depending as to what county you're in, too. For sure. Um, yes. Whereas some counties are doing more, like, telephone conferencing and some aren't. And it's just, you know, we're just – I think everyone's doing their best – but it's hard not to be able to give that certainty to clients as to yes. you know what's going to happen in the future. Like certainly, mm -hmm. you can say yes, I've called the court. Like we're still having this hearing by phone, or no, we're not having the hearing. It'll be rescheduled, hopefully this summer. But it's hard because I think as lawyers, we want to give at least a little bit of certainty. Yes, with our information. There's always the, well, it depends. 
with a lawyer's answer. Yes. <laughs> but my favorite um, answer. But we like it to be a little more certain, I think. Yes, and that that has been challenging and obviously for the most part clients understand, you know, the situation, but it is hard because I feel like, you know, it's hard to know even how to approach some things when they're when we don't know, you know, when the when the courts are going to be open to hearing something again or, you know, how long how long is this going to go on? Right. Right. Um I do have to say I appreciate how I appreciate having a governor who's a former teacher and is used to breaking things down and explaining things and using his teacher voice to get everyone to settle down and follow the rules. I think that 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 has been a good thing for, for the state. Yes. I found him comforting and I don't feel like, um, I'm not feeling like a political agenda in any way is being right. waved around when he's talking. I just feel like there's a lot of sense and I've appreciated that. And it's actually, you know, even when I've been kind of panicked, I've appreciated kind of hearing that reassuring teacher voice. He's like, I don't know, like he's like Minnesota's dad right now is how <laughs> I feel in the way that he's handling. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. fine, fine. I'll stay at home. <laughs> fine, dad. Um <laughs> But yes, I have appreciated that. And I felt like things have been, you know, sensible and with, you know, we're Minnesotans, so it's getting nice out. And, you know, I appreciate that he's at least looking into, you know, what recreational things we can partake in and do things safely because we wait a long time for the weather to be good enough to go outside. And it's good that we can figure out ways to enjoy it in a healthy way. We do cold social distancing long enough. It's nice that (laughs) we can have some warmer weather, too. Some some normalcy. 